And good evening, everybody. Joe Beningo back with you again. The O oh, the Pain Podcast, Monday, June 13th, 2022. The Joe Beningo O oh, the Pain Podcast brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company, KZ Sports Marketing, Anita Discount Tire, and by the Blue Hill Golf Course in Pearl River, New York. A lot to get to today. Uh, Sid Rosenberg will join us uh, later on. We're going to do an interview with Sid, so you'll catch that tonight as well. It should be very interesting. The incomparable Sidney Arthur will be joining us. But we'll start with the Rangers. Of course, the season ended on Saturday night, that 2-1 to loss in Game 6 to the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, before we get to an overview on the season and all of that, I mean, how brutal was that loss on Saturday night? I mean, the Rangers are down one nothing. Igor Shesterkin is making save after save after save after save. I mean, the only reason this game is 0-0 after the first period is because Shesterkin, I mean, how many big saves did he make? How many? Every time you turned around, here come the Lightning on a 2-on-1, on a 3-on-2. It seemed like they constantly were playing in the Rangers' end, while on the other end, Vasilevsky, who everybody goes delirious over, you know, the next, second coming of uh, – you know, Ken Dryden and Patrick Waugh, you know, he's doing nothing. I mean, he could have been in a rocking chair with all the uh, weak chances, if any chances, that the Rangers had. So Shostakin is brilliant in keeping the Rangers in this game 0-0. Eventually, Steven Stamkos, how much can't you stand that guy? Eventually, Steven Stamkos just throws one in from about, from about 40, 45 feet away. I don't know if Igor ever saw it. It beats him. It gives the Lightning a one nothing lead, and that's the way it was through two periods. And with that said, Shostarkin is still making save after save after save. Eventually, we get to the third period. Eventually, the Rangers get their second power play tonight, and off the faceoff, Frank Vitrano buries it and ties the game at 1-1 with about six minutes to go. And you now are like, whoa, wait a minute here. You know, we're back in this game. I mean, who knows? We, 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 we somehow wind up to steal this game and get ourselves back to the Garden for Game 7. But before you – I mean, you couldn't even go take a freaking piss because that's how long it took for freaking Stamkos. Here come – I mean, like, right after the Rangers tied the game at 1, here come the damn Lightning, two-on-one again, right at the damn doorstep of Shostakhin. And this time, Stamkos puts it in. Shostakhin actually makes the initial save. I don't know. He couldn't hold on to it with his glove hand, whatever happened. And Stamkos kind of knocks it in off his leg. They reviewed the goal. Look, when the Rangers get a, a, a goal reviewed, just figure it's going the other way no matter what, okay? And that's what we saw in every one of these playoff series. You know, whether it was the first game against Pittsburgh with that you know, capo-caco goal that they took away. There was other one. I forget what the other ones were, but there was a couple. So you know they were gonna give it was gonna be a good goal. And that was it. You know, the Rangers eventually pull pull Igor. They can't put it home for the game tying goal. And the season ends after going up 2-0 in the conference finals. They lose the next four to Tampa Bay. And uh, it's all over for the Rangers. What well, really was a terrific year. I mean, it's hard to sit here as a Ranger fan, as disappointed as you are you know, in not at least getting to the cup finals and say it was a bad year. I mean, this team had 110 points. You know, Igor had a brilliant year. I mean, he's probably going to win the Vesna Trophy. You had Chris Kreider throwing 52 goals. You know, uh, just, uh, you know, everything that the Rangers accomplished this year, another great year from Adam Fox, and we go on and on and on. Uh, but 
you know, it just was very, very disappointing. The future's bright for this franchise. But I think one thing as we move forward, and I think this eventually caught up to the Rangers, you know, all those seven-game series, you know, their life and death down 3-1 to Pittsburgh in the first round. They come back and win that. Then another, you know, life and death seven-game series against Carolina. They were down 2-0. They come back and win that. You know, then they wind up going six games with Tampa. They played 20 games in 40 nights, you know, a game every other day. You know, eventually that's got to catch up to you. I mean, that's a lot of hockey to be playing. You know, I heard John Cooper, the coach, of I mean, how much we love him too, the coach of Tampa Bay after uh, after the game Saturday night, saying basically, you know, 20 games in 40 days in a regular season is a lot of hockey. You know, it's just magnified when you're playing that in the playoffs, especially when you're playing high-pressure games all the time. So, uh, you know, it eventually, I think, caught up to the Rangers. I think they were a little tired at the end when all was said and done. But, you know, it's hard to say this was a bad year. I mean, how can you say that? You know, you really can't. You know, before the playoffs started, I said, look, the Rangers have to make some kind of a significant run here to back up the regular season. They couldn't have gone down in flames in the first round to Pittsburgh, which was, which is how it looked after those two horrible performances by Igor and, and the Rangers in Pittsburgh when they were down three games to one. They didn't do that. They came back to win that series, win the next one, and then eventually take the you know two-time cup champions, uh, Lightning, who've now won 11 consecutive playoff series, which is ridiculous. Uh, and they're probably going to play Colorado now for the, in the uh, cup finals. They're probably going to win their third straight uh, Stanley Cup coming up here. And I think the only two teams, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's only two teams in the history of, of hockey who have won more consecutive playoff series than this Lightning team. And that's the uh, Islanders that won, what was it, 15 in a row? From, uh, was it 15? Was it nine? I don't know. I think it might have been 19, to be honest with you. Uh, from 1980 to 1984, remember they won, they won four consecutive cups from 80 to 83. They went to the conference, they went to the Stanley Cup finals again in 84. And then, of course, were eventually beaten by the Edmonton Oilers. So you have that group. And then you have the Canadians from 76 to 79 that won four straight cups. So this is the third longest streak. And if they go on and win this cup here, which I think they're going to do, I mean, I I don't see how they don't win it. I mean, for all due respect to the Colorado Avalanche, I know they, you know, they swept um, Edmonton in the conference finals in the West. Uh, They give up a lot of goals. I don't see how they're beating this team. I I really don't. But, you know, who knows? Uh, My money would be on Tampa Bay here. But this is a dynasty-type team that, unfortunately, the Rangers ran into. And this young Ranger team with the average age is under 27. I mean, we know all the young guys on this team. So you got to think the future's bright. You know, one other thing about the game on Saturday night, you know, Gerard Gallant has done a tremendous job this year. There's no question about it. You got you to like what he's done his first year as coach of the team. You know, like I said, 110-point season uh, all the way to the conference finals. You know, he, he did a terrific job as I take a squig of a little Maxwell House coffee. It's good to the last drop. No, it really is. My wife makes a mean cup of coffee. I think this is the French roast. I don't know. Yes. Who knows? It is, she tells me. Okay, so Maxwell, I'm doing a little commercial. Should have them as a sponsor. I'm going to call the people at Maxwell House. You kidding me? You spent a lot of money on coffee uh, for that company. But nevertheless, getting back to Gallant, he had a terrific year. Uh, but I thought he made a big mistake in Saturday, Saturday night. Uh, why the hell did he bench Capo Caco and play Ryan Strom when clearly Ryan Strom was not healthy. I mean, he wound up having to go out of the game midway through it. 
Uh, I didn't get that. And when asked after the game about why Kako was scratched, it was the first time all year that Kako was scratched. Why he was scratched, Gallant really didn't give an answer. He said, I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to answer the question at this time. Well, what? I didn't get that. Was it a disciplinary thing? Did Kako do something wrong? I mean, I, I don't know. I know he's a free agent at the end of the year. I mean, I, who knows what the real deal was there, but I thought that was, you know, for as good a year as Gerard Gallant had coaching his team, I thought that was a big mistake, you know, uh, scratching Kako and playing Ryan Strom, who clearly was not healthy to be playing in that game. So, you know, unfortunate, you know, did it, is that the reason they lost? Probably was not, but it certainly didn't help with all is said and done. But, you know, just getting back to the, the youth of this team, you look at all these guys, the kid line, um, you know, they're all babies. Heedle's 22, Lafonier's 21, Kako's 20, Keandre Miller's 22, yeah, Adam Fox is only 24, Ego's t- Igor is uh, only 26 years old, even a guy like Jacob Trouba is only 28. I think Mika's 29. I think Kreider's like the old man at 30, 31, whatever it is. But this is a very, very young team. But, look, it's been 28 years now. It's going to be 29 going into next year that they have not won a cup. We saw some deep runs by this team going back 10 years ago in what I like to call the Henrik Lundqvist, uh, Henrik Lundqvist era. You know, we talked about it. They had that once uh, run from 2012 to 2015 when they made the conference finals three times. They went to the Stanley Cup finals in 2014 but they couldn't win. You know, as great as Henrik was, he couldn't put up that Stanley Cup championship. We can only hope that Igor Shesterkin and this group uh, are able to do it. But uh, a great year for the Rangers, I think. uh, Well, maybe we won't say a a very good year for the Rangers. Great would have been winning it all. A very good year for the Rangers. Maybe they're a little ahead of schedule. They do have a bunch of unrestricted free agents. Frank Petrano is unrestricted. Mott is unrestricted. Andrew Kopp is unrestricted. All those guys that uh, Chris Drury brought in at the dead, trade deadline. So we'll see how, uh, you know, what eventually happens with those guys. The Rangers don't have a lot of salary cap room here. You know, they're, they're pretty much locked in with the guys that they've already paid already, Kreider, Mika, these guys, Fox. So, uh, you know, we'll see what the offseason brings. But uh, unfortunately, it all ends uh, to Tampa. I remember that Tampa also, the last time the Rangers were in the conference finals, Tampa knocked them out that year too in 2015 beating them in a game seven at the Garden. Still the only game seven the Rangers have ever lost at home at Madison Square Garden. So I didn't believe they're eight and one in game sevens all time at the Garden. So the year ends, uh, unfortunately, not the way we want it. Very tough loss on Saturday night in game number six. Uh, you go back to game three when the when really the, uh, the uh, series turned. They were up 2-0, obviously. We all know the scenario, the 2-0 lead. And then... Uh, some bad penalties by Jacob Truba. Eventually, they come back and tie the game. And then uh, Palat, who killed him in this series, another guy you can't stand, Andre Palat, scored that game winner uh, in game three with 42 seconds or whatever was left uh, in the game. And uh, uh, it really, it was all Tampa Bay after that. So we put the bow on the season uh, for the Rangers. And uh, we move on and uh, we'll see what happens. The cup finals again, Tampa Bay going for their third in a row against Colorado. Can't see how Tampa Bay does not win this when all is said and done. All right, get to the baseball here in a second. Uh, some golf. Don't forget, as I mentioned, Sid Rosenberg will be coming up later on. We'll do our, our weekly uh, Monday interview with my old uh, old partner. And it uh, should be very interesting. Sid, of course, now 
on uh, Radies on Radio doing uh, his morning show with the great Bernard McGurk on WABC. All right, let me get into uh, my uh, uh, sponsors here, the Hackensack Brewing Company, the great Mike Jones, located uh, 10 minutes off the George Washington Bridge, 30 seconds off Route 4 and Hackensack. You know the deal. Check out the tap room open 4.30 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 Sundays, 78 Johnson Avenue, Hackensack, right behind the tombstones. I don't have any yet, but right behind the tombstones. Maybe there'll be one of me. I think there's a little tombstone in the ranges now for the uh, 2022 season. But, you know, whatever. Anyway, once we get into July, we'll be doing live podcasts again from the Brewing Company. So you want to check that out. We'll keep you uh, aware and abreast of uh, when that's going to happen. Also, my good buddy, Kenny Zor, on his way to Mexico. I think he's in Mexico right now uh, from KZ Sports Marketing. Uh, helped me book all these guests uh, on the podcast. If you're looking to secure your favorite athlete or celebrity for any event, could be a charity function, corporate golf outing, install autograph appearance. Give Zor from KZ Sports Marketing a call. You can call him or text him directly right on the cell phone, 516-996-7616. Simply visit kzsportsmarketing.com. And you can tell him Joe sent you uh, as well. All right, as far as the baseball, we'll start with the Mets. They get through this uh, very, very difficult West Coast trip, 10-game West Coast trip. They beat the Angels yesterday 4-1 behind uh, Taquan Walker, behind a home run by J.D. Davis, another home run by Pete Alonso. Thank God he's all right after getting hit by that pitch the other day. Even Stalling Marte is back. He had a big double, a drive-in run in the first inning in that game. And the Mets wind up with a 5-5 five and five road trip. And I think everybody, if you're a Mets fan, and I understand the Braves never lose. Uh, they're red hot. They won 9-10 in a row. Philly finally lost the game yesterday. After they lost, uh, excuse me, after they'd won nine in a row, after they fired Joe Girardi. But you had, a, if you're a Mets fan, the Dodgers, the Padres, the Angels, I said this before the trip, give me 5-5 five and five, and I'd be thrilled with that. And that's exactly what the Mets gave you. And I tell you, remember, they lost the first two games in L.A. against the Dodgers. And you were saying, uh-oh, here we go. Don't tell me we're going to see two and eight or something like this on this trip. But then the Mets came back. They won the last two games of that four-game series in L.A. They did lose two out of three in San Diego. Got beat up a little bit. Chris Bassett got beat up a little bit uh, in San Diego. Uh, but what are you going to do? They lose two out of three there. But then they bounce back and take two out of three against the California, Anaheim, L.A., whatever they are, Angels. And uh, you take that five-and-five road trip. You know, they survived it pretty nicely. They're one of only two teams in baseball that have won 40 games. They're 40-22. and Of course, the other one is the unconscious New York Yankees, who we'll get to them. They scored 18 runs yesterday against the Cubs. And, you know, didn't even get a home run from Aaron Judge. How's that? 18 18 runs, and Judge, yeah, he only had three hits. He didn't drive in a run. What are you going to do? But anyway... (laughs) Only two teams in baseball with 40 wins, and they both are right here in New York. The Mets win yesterday, 40-22. and 22. They got a five-and-a-half game lead against the red-hot Atlanta Braves. Uh, I think it's nine now over the Phillies. Off day today, come home and play the Milwaukee Brewers. As my wife sneezes, she's going to sneeze five or six times in a row now, so I'm going to say bless you only once. You know, that'll cover all five times five because my wife sneezes, it's the over-under is three-and-a-half. With that said... Okay, JJ, you can get the money out, all right? Phil Mickelson, hey, you want to put a little money on this? You got a couple hundred million you just got from the Saudi Arabians. So that's all cool. But anyway, uh, so my wife sneezes again in about 15 seconds, you'll know. 
But uh, you got to be happy right now if you're a Met fan. 40 and 22, as I said, they come home, they play the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, you know, you got, and in Miami, they played the Marlins after, they have, after that at home. They haven't even played the Marlins yet. But you got to feel pretty good about this team. Pete Alonzo, thank God he's healthy. They can't be without him. What a year he's having. 18 homers, 57 RBIs. The guy has been just phenomenal. He's the heart and soul of this team. It's good to see Marte back. McNeil's hitting well over 300. Uh, we go right on down the line. You know, terrific outing, as I said yesterday, by Taquan Walker. Carrasco's been very good, even though he got hit pretty good by the Angels the other day. Uh, the one thing, and it's starting to kind of show now a little bit, and I'm not talking about Scherzer and DeGrom. We'll see, hope, or we'll see Scherzer soon enough. I don't know when we're going to see DeGrom, but whatever. One thing I think is, you know, you had that. Let me, let me not forget also the game the other night in uh, Anaheim where Eduardo Escobar had the cycle. How about that? The first Mets cycle in 10 years. I think Jose Reyes had the last one in 2012. Tremendous job by Escobar. No, no, you know who it was? Scott, Hurst, Scott Hairston of all people, I believe, is the last Met to have the cycle in 2012. So let me get it right. But Escobar does that the other night uh, in, uh, in Anaheim. But it's starting to show itself a little bit. And that is, and I don't think this guy's very good anyway, but the Mets are missing James McCann behind the plate. I think that's pretty evident. I mean, <laughs> Tomas Nito, Patrick Mazika, you know, they are what they are. You know, they've done a pretty, pretty decent job. You know, I mean, they haven't killed the Mets. But that is a glint. That that to me is a hole in the lineup. Both of those guys batting ninth. And I know Nito's had a couple games. He had that four hit game. Mazika's had some moments, and I, you know, offensively. And, and like I said, I don't love James McCann. I mean, I, I don't think he's. I think they spent a lot of money on him. They could have done a lot better. I don't know why they didn't sign Ryan Muto a couple of years ago. Maybe if uh, Stevie Cohen was owning the team at that point, they would have. But you know, however, that play, whatever. But I do think the Mets are starting to miss uh, McCann here a little bit. So I don't know when he's coming back. I think it was a six or eight week injury. But I do think that you're starting to see, you know, a little bit behind the plate that the Mets are lacking in that area. Like I said, it hasn't hurt them as they're sitting there in first place, 18 games over 500. But just something to keep an eye on. And uh, we'll see eventually when McCann comes back. You know, how about Edwin D? I, you know, I got to. As much as Edwin Diaz continues to scare the hell out of me, you got to be happy with what you – I mean, he's been phenomenal. He comes in for a five-out save yesterday against the Angels, which just shows you how much Buck wanted that game. That was a big game. <laughs> it would be a big difference if the Mets came back four and six on a road trip as opposed to five and five. Buck wanted this game locked down, and Diaz winds up – you know, striking out everybody. Mike Trout, uh, every, I, think he, I think all five outs were strikeouts by Diaz yesterday in this game. He has been electric. And you can only hope that he keeps it up all year. You only hope that Diaz not only continues to keep it up all year, but, you know, on into the playoffs and hopefully right on through to a World Series championship. But Edwin Diaz right now is as good, I think, really, as any closer in baseball right now. And I don't know if I'd ever think I would say that. Uh, as a Met fan, but he has been fabulous. I think Showalter finally used him in more than a one a, a one inning save. This is the first time all year we've seen that. Remember, we saw him uh, in uh, L.A. actually uh, go with the uh, having pitched the eighth inning against the top of the Dodger lineup. That came back to bite him a little bit when Lugo gave it up in the ninth inning. But it, it was a game that the Mets eventually would win 
in the 10th inning in L.A. But, uh, yeah, Diaz has been fabulous. You can't say enough about how good he's been. So the Mets come home, off day today, 40-22 and 22 on the season, 5-5 five and five West Coast trip. You got to be – every Met fan would have signed for that uh, before this trip started. And they'll play the Milwaukee Brewers uh, at City Field <coughs> starting their uh, homestand. <coughs> excuse me, uh, tomorrow night <coughs> as I cough up a lung here. Anyway, again, <coughs> this is what happens when you get old. So I apologize to everybody. <coughs> Hopefully you won't get old, and you know, but the alternative is not a good one. But then again, as I mentioned last week, nobody's come back to tell us if that's the case or not. Now, as far as the Yankees are concerned, I mean, they just bludgeoned the Chicago Cubs this weekend at Yankee Stadium. I mean, how, I mean, it's unbelievable. What, what's their record now? 44? I think they're 44 and 16. As I mentioned, only the Mets and the Yankees have 40 wins so far this year in Major League Baseball. They scored 18, 18 runs yesterday against the Cubs. And they are just killing it. I mean, it's on, the starting rotation has been fabulous right on down the line. It's unbelievable. It's almost like Garrett Cole is their worst starting pitcher right now. I know Nesta Cortez got beat up a little bit last week in Minnesota. I mean, look, he was doing as good as he's pitched. But, I mean, you look at these guys. Jamison Tyon has seven wins. Cortez, Tyon, Severino. You go right on down the line. Obviously, Cole, Montgomery. These guys have been terrific. Uh, can't say enough. And offensively, oh, my God. I mean, everybody. How about Matt Carpenter? I mean, yeah, I, Matt Carpenter, the Yankees got him out of mothballs all those years he was in St. Louis. I didn't even know he was still in baseball. Yesterday, he hits two home runs. He has a seven RBI day. Matt Carpenter. He's bombing a ball out of Yankee Stadium. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. They had that game the other night against the, against the Cubs when they hit six home runs. Everybody, Judge hit two. Rizzo hits one. It's unbelievable. Even Hagashiova hit a home run yesterday uh, in that uh, in that beatdown of the Cubs. I mean, the Yankees are just rolling. But you know what? Look, if you're a Yankee fan, you're thrilled what they're doing. They're starting to really separate in the American League East now. The schedule hasn't been the, the hardest so far this year, but I mean, it's ridiculous what they're doing. They're killing it right now. All the way down the line, freaking killing it. No other way to say it. Judge is the MVP in baseball right now. How much money is Judge going to make? I mean, come on. If I say this all the time. If Francisco Lindor, okay, who's a nice player, let's be real. He's a nice player. He's never going to carry the Mets, like I said. You know, the one guy that Mets can't live without is Pete Alonso. And I think one of the reasons Lindor has 45 RBIs so far is because he's got Alonso hitting after him. But if Francisco Lindor is making $34, $35 million a year, he had that 10-year, ridiculous 10-year contract that the Mets should have never gave him, how much money is Aaron Judge going to make? $40 million a year? $45 million a year? When are the Yankees going to ante up? Because you know Yankees cannot let Judge go. If I'm the Yankees, and I thought it was a good move by Cashman, not paying him before the year. You know, he didn't make that offer. You knew there was no way Judge was taking it. But, you know, I, I like guys having to play for contracts. And obviously, you see what Judge is doing right now. I'm not saying that's the only reason. But I like guys having to go out and, you know, play for the money. Because it just seems that when guys are playing for contracts – they're playing a, they're they're up in their game a little more. That's that's not everybody, but it seems that eighty percent of the time that's pretty much what it is. But at some point, you know, the Yankees are going to have to ante up with this guy. 
And I, I don't know, maybe in late September before you get to the playoffs, they pay him. Because if you let this guy get the free agency, somebody is going to pay him upwards of $40 million a year. I mean, there is no doubt about somebody. Can't you see Aaron Judge right now playing for the, the goddamn L.A. Dodgers? Ugh! Right? Just think about that, Yankee fans. Would you want to see Aaron Judge playing for that freaking team? How much can't you stand the goddamn Dodgers? Oh, I hate them. Oh, my God. They signed Mookie Betts, Fred, Freddie Freeman. Give me a freaking break. Trey Turner, you know, they had Scherzai. Oh, you screw the Dodgers. But you know that they'll be there at the forefront ready to throw 40, 45 million a year at Aaron Judge. So if I'm the Yankees, I got it. Like I said, I wouldn't pay him. They don't have to do anything right now. Just keep, you know, killing it like you're doing, Aaron, on your way to the, the MVP of the league. But at some point, before he gets the free agency, the Yankees are going to have to ante up and pay him. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it because somebody is. Somebody is. And the Yankees cannot afford to lose Aaron Judge. I, I don't see that that's going to happen. I think if Steinbrenner was here, he would have got the money already, to be very honest. But that that aside, the Yankees continue uh, just to uh, play sick baseball. There's no other way to say it. And uh, they got a big series now. Tampa Bay comes in to the stadium for three games. So always huge when they play their arch rival, the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay, let's get the uh, let's get a couple more of our sponsors in here. Uh, you know about a needed discount tire in uh, Rivervale, New Jersey, Westwood Avenue. My son Johnny runs the show there. His boss Harry, one of the best bosses you could possibly have. You know he'd be like manager of the year or coach of the year if he was a coach or a manager in sports. But that's how good Harry is. Does a great job. Uh, go there. Anything with tires, anything with your car, service on your car. We got to go get our oil changed here shortly. My wife doesn't know. We're a couple hundred, a couple hundred miles uh, before we need it. But soon we'll have to get that done. But uh, nevertheless, uh, go see Johnny and Ari. They'll take care of you. We're going to be doing a, a live podcast from the tires sometime in July. We'll keep you abreast of that. Uh, tell them I sent you. And, of course, the Blue Hill Golf Course, amazingly, we will be there tomorrow. We got a 118, I think it is, tee time. Uh, and my wife and I will be out there playing. We'll go see Big Mike. We'll see Chase and AJ and everybody. You know Blue Hill, my favorite golf course. 27 holes, uh, three different nine-hole courses. Got to love it. Woodlands, Pines, Lakeside. We're ready to go tomorrow. It's supposed to be a nice day. Can't wait. Uh, go check them out. The best pro shop there is anywhere on this side of the PGA store. They got everything you could possibly want there. Uh, they got simulators coming in sometime. I don't know if they're there yet. I think sometime uh, later on in the summer, you're going to see uh, golf simulators there at the uh, Blue Hill Golf Course. But go check it out. Tell them Beningo sent you. And uh, as I said, we'll be there tomorrow. Looking forward to playing uh, 18 tomorrow at Blue Hill. All right, before we sign off, big week in golf this week. Everybody knows about the Live Tour. I don't want to talk about that. I'm tired of talking about it. U.S. Open this week. Brookline out up in Boston. My fa- my wife's and I favorite uh, city, you know, up in Massachusetts. The lobby parking the car up there and all of that. Um, I- I'm-, I'm pumped. You saw Rory McIlroy yesterday win the Canadian Open after Justin Rose made a crazy run. Did you see that? I actually had him in my golf pool. I can't believe it. He shot a 60 yesterday. He had a chance to uh, shoot a 59, and he wound up um, bogeying the final hole. He could, if, he, if he would have buried it, he would have been only the second man in history to shoot a 58. Jim Furyk, who did it a few years ago with the Travelers, 
is the only guy ever in the history of professional golf to shoot a 58. Bunch of guys have shot a 59. You know, honestly, I got to say, I've shot 58 a few times. Of course, it was only for nine holes, but I don't, we don't, we don't want to talk about that. I've had 58 a number of times. In fact, I've had a 60, 61, 62 as well. But again, that was only for nine holes. But the U.S. Open coming up this week. Here's the guys I like, all right? Here's the Beningo picks. Here's where the money is going for the U.S. Open this week. You got to continue to like Scotty Scheffler. There's no way Scotty Scheffler, after he did not make the cut at the PGA, is not going to make a run here at the U.S. Open. I don't see that. Won the Masters, won four times this year. Even a couple weeks ago, uh, just uh, wound up losing in that playoff to Sam Burns. Uh, played real well. I forget which tournament that was, but he came close. Burns wound up winning it in that playoff. By the way, I had I had Burns that week. Actually, won one of these in my uh, golf pool. But I like Scheffler at twelve to one. I like Cameron Smith at sixteen to one. I like Sam Burns, who's really playing well. He played well this weekend too. Um, uh, that, uh, up in Canada, he's twenty. I believe he's twenty-eight to one. And I like Will Zalatoris, who wound up losing to Justin Thomas in the playoff at the PGA, and you can never cut, uh, count Justin Thomas out. He's played great golf, too. So big week coming up, U.S. Open. All the guys from the Live Tour will be playing, DJ, Phil. They'll all be there, even though they all you know signed up to play in Saudi Arabia, John Rahm, uh, Patrick Reed, all of these guys. So Thursday, Brookline up in Massachusetts for the U.S. Open. It's also Father's Day weekend, so happy Father's Day to everybody. And uh, that's it. Sid will be with us. The great Sid Rosenberg is going to join us later on. We'll do my our weekly Monday interview. Everybody have a great week. Enjoy all the sports this week. And as I said, Sid coming up in just a little while. All the love, everybody.